Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, Art History Babe Nation. Art History Babe Ginny here, coming to talk to you about our New Year's giveaway. Uh, this giveaway includes a Corn book, a Klimt puzzle, and a few other goodies. To be entered to win, you must write us a review on iTunes, take a screenshot of that review, and DM it to us on Instagram or email it to us at arthistorybabes.com. The winner will be selected on New Year's Day. Enter now for a chance to win. Thank you. Goodbye. From Hot takes. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Jen. I'm Natalie. And we are the Art History Babes. And we're doing a hot takes episode. This is exciting. Ooh. I'm looking forward to doing this. So this is a kind of a different thing. Yeah, for us. We've kind of done episodes like this before, mm-hmm. um, where we delve into something a little less art history related like our election feels episode was a hot takes type yeah. situation yeah. but it's something we want to do a little more often every once in a while every once in a blue moon yeah you know there's just things that all y'all tend <laughs> to go ape shit over <laughs> and we should talk about it yeah or just i mean sometimes we just really like Things, something something and we yeah. want to do an episode on it and when it's basketball season again we're gonna probably <laughs> it be is basketball out. season oh shit you're <laughs> it's been basketball season for a while babe <laughs> yeah like where you've a been month. <laughs> okay a month i just finished telling you guys about how november's been insane for me that's okay we'll let it slide it uh, happens. our warriors are not i mean they're fine they're, what have they been doing i haven't even been watching they've, they're not playing as well as they normally do i mean they're mm. fine they're doing well, I'm sure we'll make make it to the playoffs, but like we've lost a handful of games, which is not our use, um, which is kind hmm. of a bummer. But we could do a hot takes NBA episode. Uh, we will. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely down for I that. I want to talk about all of my boyfriends in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so hot takes episodes, you know, every every handful of weeks we'll throw one at you where we talk about something else that we're into and then probably try to connect it back to visual culture. Because as we have explained, we live in a very visual time and most of the stuff that you like probably connects to visual culture in some way. So this is a fun way. Let us tell you how. Yeah, this is a fun (laughs) way to help you understand why art history is relevant and also just talk about other shit we like. Yeah, we just want to talk about stuff that we like. (laughs) To be honest, this is a life hack. This podcast is. <laughs> we like stuff. 
<laughs> that should be our new um, description. <laughs> Just our, like, yeah. art history babes. We like stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. But this Hot Takes episode, we are going to dish on Stranger Things. Yes. Because if there's anything everyone's going apeshit over, it's definitely Stranger Things. Yeah. You know what's crazy? When the Stranger Things whole shenanigans came out last year, I remember being like, that's stupid. And <laughs> just for no reason, for literally no reason, just that's just fucking dumb <laughs> for no reason. Just because I'm like a judgmental asshole. And when everyone's freaking out about something, I'm like, that's dumb. Even if I haven't even checked it out yet, this, I'm being like so real right now with you guys. Like I, this is a bad, this is something that I need to work on, but I finally watched it like, you know, last year after the hype. So maybe like a month or two after it had already been out. And I was like obsessed with it. Of course. I was obsessed with it. I because couldn't stop watching so it. Good. And I was dying for the second season. And when the second season came out, I went to work the next day on like two hours of sleep. Oh, yeah. Because I literally like stayed up and watched like a bunch of it. Yeah. I, no, I remember it came out and then and I was working overnights that weekend. And when I work overnights, like I don't really have time for anything but sleep and work. Like, because my days are so long, but I somehow, like, eh, snuck in all these Stranger Things episodes (laughs) just to, like, get through them. It's such a good show. If you don't think it's a good show, like, you can fight me. Like, it's such a good show. It's good in every aspect. Like, we're going to talk about the plot and the visual aspects of it, but, like, it's just so well. The music is great. I don't think Love we'll probably have time to get too deep into the music, but it's so good. It go, is. Go it to is. Spotify and listen to the playlist because they did one based on, I'm sure they have one on season one, but I know for sure they have one on season yeah, two. Yeah, they have a Stranger Things playlist and it's really fun. It's like a mix of 80 songs, but then also like the original Stranger Things music. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. And like Toto. Like, <laughs> how could you, how can you hate is on Toto it? Toto. In Stranger Things? Yeah, really? dude. It, that's like the whole... It, it, I think that it doesn't really come up in the second season, but the first season, Africa. Oh, yeah. I, mm. I guess I... I mean, I haven't watched the first season since last year, so... Um, but yeah, so we're just gonna... This episode, we're gonna kind of split it up. First half, we're gonna... We're gonna talk a little bit about our feelings on season two. Second half, we're gonna dive into a little bit of sort of visual analysis talk about how Stranger Things has captured the zeitgeist of the 1980s in just an absolutely amazing way. Like, so good. So impressive. God. Okay, so uh, let's just dive in. General thoughts. What did you guys think? Oh, also, hold on. Before we start, spoilers. We're going to just yes. say whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, like, get out of here. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, like honestly. Go watch it. Right now. Don't listen to this episode Don't. and then send us an email <laughs> being like, you ruined the show for me. I listened to the entire hour and a half and you ruined it. <laughs> Don't you dare. Do not. Don't do it. You've been warned. Yeah. yeah. So there's going to be spoilers. We're going to say whatever we want to say. So go watch the show and then come back and listen. Okay. General thoughts. What do you guys got? Okay. So, okay. 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 <laughs> so picking up on the very last scene 
from the very last episode of the very first season <laughs> of Stranger Things. I knew we're starting from the very beginning. <laughs> I knew that some shit was about to go down when Will went into the bathroom and puked up that nasty ass little slug. Yeah, the little slug. Man. I knew. I was like, that's fucked. Some fucked up shit's gonna happen in the next season. You don't just go puking up slugs. No, and like and expect that nothing's gonna happen. I know. Like something's right? gonna you happen know, with and that it's slug, like, dude. Uh, and this is something. You know, and this is kind of like a trope that I've noticed in a lot of, um, especially like horror film, when someone's kind of like tripping, you know? Mm -hmm. So Will, in the whole like first part of the second season, is like tripping out. Like he keeps having these flashbacks to the Upside Down. Definitely. And he doesn't like tell anybody. Like he doesn't want anyone to know that he's, that this is still happening, right? And that made me like kind of annoyed because that's always something that I, I feel like happens well he does tell people but when he tells people he has to go to the doctor and he doesn't like right going he doesn't to want to go to the doctor he doesn't tell anyone that he puked up that little monster <laughs> okay <laughs> when you puke a monster you gotta tell someone i'm sorry you guys but if i puked up a giant slug <laughs> <laughs> not the news would hear about it <laughs> i would the be calling will know. Yeah, i would be on the news <laughs> like telling people about it like so anyway um will that was your bad i don't know what you were thinking <laughs> anyway. he just wants to live a normal life yeah, i know he doesn't want to be called zombie boy yeah oh that he, made me really upset he me just too. wants to live a normal life and that's why he doesn't Bring up this shit. He's just like, fuck it. I just want to live my life. Kids um, are cruel. Kids are cruel. Yeah, when when he got called zombie boy, that was some bullshit. Who does that? If you, like, I'm sorry, but if someone goes through, like, an insanely traumatic experience, right? why the hell would you make fun of them for it? You know what? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because it's set in, like, the 80s, but it doesn't it just seem like school isn't like that now? Or oh, am it's, I, it's not. It's it, not. You're like, no. Am I tripping? Because no, you're not tripping. It wasn't but, even like that when I was a kid. No, um, <laughs> that's actually something I've noticed, too. So, like, in the 80s and 80s movies, which, you know, this is so brilliantly based on, those social constructs of, like, the cool kids were mean and it was cool to be mean to people and, like, the jocks were mean and the preppy girls were mean. Right, like the nerds get swirlies. Yeah, and mm -hmm. no. that happened at my no, school. that, by the time I was in high school, was phasing out. And I want to partially credit that to uh, Mean Girls. Oh. Mean Girls came out when we were in middle school. Mean Girls was a cultural phenomenon. And Mean Girls yeah. was great. We should do a hot takes Mean Girls. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love Mean Girls. Yeah, so. who doesn't? Um, but Mean Girls is because it... it it addresses all those things, but it does it in such a smart way that is like, this is fucking dumb. And like that came out. Yeah. When we were in middle school and, and I think, I think everyone, it was a cultural phenomenon and everyone like at least high schoolers woke up because when I was in high school, it was not cool to be mean. Yeah. Like yeah. it was not, like, no, if you agreed. were, if you were picking on people that did not make you popular, like yeah, I even hated the word popular. Like yeah. I felt like I didn't like the stigma of the word popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because to me it like implied that you were mean. Yeah. Cause yeah. it implied exclusivity and thinking that you were somehow yeah. better. At least yeah. at my school, the, "Quote unquote popular people were people who were involved and who were nice. Yeah. Like yeah. if you were involved in shit and you were nice to people, that's what made you popular. Which is like, I think a way better model than the 1980s. Oh, sure. Right. Like I went to a school that was like a weird mix. It was 
it was like right next to the Air Force base in town and so we weirdly had like a bunch of kids from like other countries but then also poor youth from the neighboring lower income kind of city so a lot of drugs there were shootings and things like that in this city and so for that kind of like strange uh, accumulation of people Mm -hmm. that were going to this high school bullying wasn't really a thing and I don't I mean it did happen but I remember a lot of the fights that would happen at school were because like someone was being an asshole and yeah. someone else was coming in to be like, don't be an asshole. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I got into a ton of fights in high school, like physical fights. And they always were because someone was like picking on like one of my friends. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. So anyway, um, I don't know. So I think zombie boy. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely. And, and that's why, you know they do such a good job is that is a very it's like a generational thing oh I it's think. a hugely yeah. generational thing and it was yeah i mean any 80s teen movie you watch is really based around that trope this idea of the popular jock and and yeah kind of being an asshole and stuff but stranger things does a beautiful thing because we have our boy steve <laughs> who goes through an amazing transformation. Steve. Yes. I love Steve. Everyone loves Steve after this season. Who doesn't love Steve right? after yeah, this I feel like Steve at the end of season one, you love Steve. And then at the end... Er, at, at the end of se- season one, I was I was all right with Steve. I was like, whatever I was like, about okay, Steve. all right. You kind of yeah. redeemed yourself. And then season two, I was like, I fucking love Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Steve was really great. And um, I love that... He had this sort of transformation. And I just loved, I loved his crazy character arc. Like he went from hotshot dating like the pretty girl mm-hmm. to being best friends with Dustin and just like protecting the kids. Like, yeah, it's like such a weird character so cool. arc, but I it love really it. It really is. It's, yeah. I love it so much. I need to just say this. Um, <laughs> say it. I don't like Nancy, dude. I just don't. <laughs> what don't you like about Nancy? I don't like Nancy because I feel like she just makes like bad decisions and then it's all like, oh, like Nancy. what? Like, what bad decisions? I'm curious. Because I mean, she's not my favorite, but I don't dislike her. She didn't like Steve really, but like got <laughs> with him, right? Because he was she like sort of popular. She liked him. She I mean, liked sort him. of. But she was into it. There was like this, you know, sweet, the sweet man, sweet boy. Jonathan. Ah, uh, Jonathan. Just, I also love Jonathan. And I love I love Jonathan. Jonathan. I do too. And Jonathan was like so down for her and she hella rejected him to get with Steve, who at the time was a douche. Like, let's just acknowledge that Steve was a douche in season one. Yeah. And then, yes. you know, has this character development and, and you know, so now we love Steve. But um, <laughs> now we all love Steve. Now we all love Steve. Um, I felt like Nancy was a douche herself <laughs> to Barb. What happened to Barb? We all forgot about Barb. Except we didn't. Okay. So like, I agree. Season one, we all forgot about yeah, Barb. Like Barb. At the, at the end of season one, it was like, what the fuck happened to Barb? <laughs> yeah, like, nobody like, cared. <laughs> got swept under the rug. Uh, yeah. But they, I feel like they rectified that in season two. They Especially did. Nancy. Because yeah. Nancy is like, that is her driving force the whole season is to 
Avenge. Avenge. Thank you. To avenge Nancy, not Nancy, to avenge Barb's death. Exactly. So I think they they totally rectified that. And I think that probably came from listening to fans. They were like, oh, shit. We oh, got Barb. A, oh, Barb. We <laughs> forgot about Barb. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Barb. So, it became a meme. <laughs> like it- <laughs> yeah. So I think season two, um, the Duffer brothers were very cognizant of the right. fact that like the fans were like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. what about Barb? They were like, okay, we got to do something about this. Yeah. So they, um, you know, so Nancy, yeah, gets avenges Barb in a very real way. And, mm-hmm. and so in that sense, I... I liked Nancy's character development in season two because I think I guess. I, OK, so like I, I totally see what you're saying with Nancy, because there are things about her that maybe aren't the most likable. But what I like about her character is that season one, she wants to date the hot popular guy and she kind of ignores Jonathan, who is my boy. Like, I love Steve, but I really love Jonathan. Jonathan, he tugs at your heartstrings. Oh. Yeah. You just want to give him a hug and like boost his confidence he like honestly i feel i feel like i connect to jonathan more than steve like steve is the type of guy i would totally flirt with and be like oh this is so great but like jonathan is the type of guy you connect with yeah Mm -hmm. um he's the guy that you obsess over he's the guy like he's the guy you have deep conversations with at 2 a.m but i understand like nancy's a high schooler like i un like i remember being 17 and you know it's not it's not easy it's not easy to like those are two very different personalities and they both have very different things to offer yeah and so i think it's not crazy that she went with steve especially with the end of season one steve kind of comes back and is a hero it makes sense that she went that direction and then you know just like anyone would after a traumatic situation she tries to ignore it a little bit and then it comes back full force. I think that's a very human thing. I think that's the... Because I'm kind of with Jen. I wasn't... Nancy's character doesn't speak to me on a deep level. Yeah. But when she had that moment of, like, crying and, uh, like, breaking down in the bathroom and being like, this is all bullshit, I was like, yes, Nancy. Okay, I, like... Team Nancy. I've watched that multiple times. I've watched that And it's horrible. Times. What she says to Steve is she steps on his heart, but I... It needed I to feel, happen. Yeah, I feel for what she's saying and what she needed to get off of her chest. I also just like want to shout out to Natalia Dyer, who is the actress that plays Nancy. Yep. Like great name. Yeah, it is a great name. Great um, initials. I was not <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I was not, you know, like crazy about her. Like I thought she was fine. She's amazing in that scene. That scene is brilliant. She really nails the like drunk, emotional dish, all of your feelings, like nails it. That scene is so good. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. Like she does such a good job. She does. I don't know if she just like practiced getting really drunk and emotional, but she like videotaped herself yeah. and then watched it back. I hope that's what she did. She it's like I'm gonna get blacked out drunk. Someone videotape this because I need to know what I look yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> she nailed that scene. I was so impressed by her in that scene. But no, I get it. Like I, the character of Nancy. Is not one of my favorites, but in season two, she had moments I really liked a lot. Yeah. And I got to say, I'm I'm 
team Nancy Jonathan, but the chemistry is still not there for me. I feel you. I feel you. And I didn't I think get that, that at all. <laughs> I, Jen's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Theoretically, but. I get the chemistry. I get why they would be bonded and why they should be together. That as far as the acting and watching it play out visually, I just didn't get a feel for it. That's fair. That line by what's his face? What's the detective's name? Shit. What's the detective's name? Hopper. No. No, no. The the, the oh. one weird guy. Yeah. The, what the, the hell was that guy's the, name? The, he, journalist. I loved yeah, him. The hard the the Mr. Detective God, guy. Who's that actor? Yeah, that he's guy is in so like so great. much shit. Why can't I, I think know, of his name? I don't know. I'm on the I'm is on it? I'm on the internet movie database <laughs> and I don't see him. <laughs> the internet movie database. Maybe it's because I'm kind of What was his name? Drunk. Yeah, we've been drinking. Um, <laughs> we've been drinking. Um, Jesus. You keep looking. His character has such a good line in regards to the Nancy Jonathan thing where he's talking about he's just calling them out about how they need to go have sex and he says he was like plus you have shared trauma and it's mm-hmm. like that is the realest that is so shit. real that is the realest shit like there is no better like aphrodisiac than like shared trauma damn <laughs> like that's so true what is his name god um, damn um, 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 isn't it uh murray murray murray, murray. murray. What's, what's the actor's name Mary Bauman and the actor is uh, Brett Gelman. I've never really? heard of him before. Where is he? That doesn't sound right. It's him, dude. Yeah, it's him. He got his oh. start doing improv and stand-up comedy in New York City. Oh, yeah, it is him. He, what else is he in? He quickly developed an improv group called Monkey Dick. <laughs> <laughs> of Sold. course he did. Um, he's in other shit. He was shit. in Human yeah, Giant. Is. Human Giant from MTV. He's uh, done funnier Die stuff. The other guys, that's what I know him from. Anyways, he's a funny guy. Um, Lemon. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, he's great. Oh, he was in two episodes of uh, the the um, revamp of Twin Peaks. Oh, nice. Yeah. Still haven't watched that. I need to. Another hot takes. Twin Peaks. Oh, um, look at his face. I love him. I love him, too. <laughs> no, I really liked his character, as brief as he was, and I think he had a great moment. He was instrumental. In trying to make that whole Nancy Jonathan thing happen. But I, I agree. There was a, a lack, maybe, of on-screen chemistry. And I'm a little bit judgmental about that, I gotta say. I just... Mm. I, when actors have like great chemistry it just enhances everything so so very much yeah there's nothing worse than like a kiss on screen that's supposed to be really intense but the actors just don't vibe have you guys seen aloha Mm -mm. it's a great movie it's one of those just like where they threw a ton of like top-notch hollywood actors into a movie it's like rachel mcadams bradley cooper john krasinski like Yeah, uh, like I've never uh, heard of that. Bill Murray, like all what? like <laughs> so <is> many <laughs> huge names, and it's a great movie. Is it's it a directed by Wes line. Anderson? <laughs> it sounds like a Wes Anderson right? movie. It's a great, it's a great movie. Like the plot's great, and you want to love it. But in the story, um, Emma, St- so Emma Stone's in it too. Emma Stone and Bradley Cooper are supposed to be like the big love story of the movie. And the chemistry is just not there at hmm. all. And he's supposed to have like an old flame with Rachel McAdams and their chemistry is so much stronger oh. that it almost ruins the whole plot because you almost oh. want them to be together more. Right, right, right. And that you're not supposed Dude, to want that. Um, so speaking, chemistry. Speaking of chemistry, 
Bob. Oh, Bob. Rudy. Bob. Bob. Oh, man. So. Fuck, I love Bob. I loved Bob I so much. Love Bob. Bob. Bob was the best part of season two, hands down. Fight what me if you don't agree. I hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved Bob. Bob was perfect. So, okay. So today, um, instead of sleeping, which I badly needed to do, I watched multiple episodes of Beyond Stranger Things. Oh, shit. I haven't seen that. Um, it's on Netflix. It's fun. It's They just interview each episode. They, they have like two people from the cast and then the Duffer brothers, and they just talk about so Stranger the, Things. Is the episode like happening and then they're talking? No, no. No, they're just um, oh, sitting at a table. I gotcha. And it's it's actually the dude from Community, the bald dude what? from Community, is the host for some reason. Okay. Um, I know, I don't know. Um, but maybe he's just a big fan. Yeah, he is. He goes nuts for it, and it's him. And then they'll have two episodes or two characters from the show, two actors from the show, and then the Duffer brothers are there, and they just talk about the filming and moments in the show, and and they just hash through it. And each episode there's new people, and um, I watched like three episodes today, and they talked about Bob and how one, so Bob is played by Sean Astin. Who is Sam Yes, who is Samwise. From Lord of the Rings. He's Samwise. And Rudy. Did you guys he have- is Rudy. Fuck. He <laughs> came on the screen the first time and Matthew goes, Rudy. <laughs> so the thing is, he, they Bob. So they wrote Bob with no intention of Bob being what Bob ended up being. Bob was amazing. And Sean Astin sends in a tape auditioning for this. Like they, you know, did not seek him out. We're not expecting him to audition. He sends in a tape auditioning for this and they're like, yeah. Like, so they cast Sean Astin and very quickly Bob took on this whole new life. Like he was supposed to just be kind of the doofy boyfriend of of Winona. This is so reminiscent of Parks and Rec and Andy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. similar. They wanted something nice for um, I forget her real Joyce. Joyce, yeah, <laughs> Winona. Um, they wanted, <laughs> they wanted her to have like a nice dorky boyfriend, and he certainly was that. Oh to yeah, balance out all of her trauma exactly. And but that was baseline. Like that's all he was supposed to be, right? And then he took on this whole new life where he became very lovable and then he kind of became a hero of the story he was amazing and he oh my god i loved him so much me too the reason why i brought him up in regards to chemistry though is i just wanted like i just oh like it made me so cringy i don't know how to explain what i was feeling but he and and joyce's character just I felt like the chemistry was not there like in the show like on purpose I yeah yeah you exactly know? I almost right. feel yeah. like that worked though right because, yes. like you because know he's he was in love with her he's since so in love school. with her yeah. like and he's all making out of her in the back room and, and that she's whole like, ha, that scene is she's kind of like oh, like <laughs> like her face like her 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 lips are like sort of pursed together and and meanwhile he's just falling all over himself like he loves her so much but i think that worked because because in so many ways after all the craziness she's been through she just wanted a nice stable guy and so i think she was maybe um 
pushing aside the chemistry for the sake of having a good guy. No, yes. it was like it's like that thing when like um a girl just always dates like the douchebags yeah. that treat her like shit and then she finally dates like a nice guy and he's treating her so well and she's like this is great <laughs> <laughs> this oh is, this is so this good this is so good <laughs> um for real and i i mean but in a like real life way i think it was it was also honest though i mean like imagine i don't know i was putting myself in both season one and season two i would put myself in joyce's shoes a lot because i almost feel like joyce got a lot of shit at both seasons for being like over the top but are like are, like are you kidding me though like that is an insane thing to go through can you imagine yeah. losing your child like your child being like abducted or disappearing and then you're 100 percent confident you like hear him like in your walls oh like, my god and no I know. one believes you yeah. Yeah. like it would be just the worst thing ever and yeah. so i did not think she was overreacting ever i would be losing my mind yeah and after going through all that, getting your son back and still trying to like maintain normalcy, honestly, I would not be concerned with chemistry at that point. I would just want someone to hold me at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce she did wanted a really normal. Good job. She kept insisting yeah. she wanted normal yeah. and she it seemed like she was super conflicted between wanting that with um I wanna call him Rudy. With Bob, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> and and not mm. wanting to kind of bring him into her craziness right yeah, she was yeah. trying to protect him Dude, for the longest time that scene yeah. where he comes over with all the little games oh my god he comes over with little, all the games little brain <laughs> teasers and she meets, yeah, that made him feel she, better when he was she sick meets as him kid. outside and she's like no like you shouldn't come in and he's like well i got all these games like <laughs> I love him give, so Make much. sure to give Will these little games. And <laughs> he thinks that Will's just, like, got a flu. And meanwhile, <laughs> he's inside, like, possessed by the shadow monster. He's trying so hard. I know. And then he solves this, this crazy map. Like, what? And that's such a fun scene. When I know. He's yes. Working through the map and figuring it out. Because I love, I love that it's just, like, he's so sweet. And, and so unsuspecting, but he's so smart. You Dude, know? he walks in and sees this crazy shit all over the walls <laughs> and doesn't immediately think, this bitch is crazy. Which yeah. is like, maybe I'm why... I'm gonna get out of here. Which yeah. is maybe why they needed that weird power yeah. imbalance where he was so in love with her. Yeah, and where she's she was like, kind of like, okay, like, uh, this is what I wanted my entire life, so now I'm gonna make it work. But we need it, because that's the only way to believe that he would be that, yeah. like, mellow about it and not ask a thousand questions. Is he, he was was wrapped around her little finger. Oh, he was so good. And then he just gets eaten. Dude, that was like the the most tragic bullshit. I cried, dude. I did too. I was like, you saw it coming though, right? Okay, so I did. I did see it coming. I I didn't. No, okay, this is what happened. I 100% saw it coming. And then, and then I thought, I thought they were going to maybe surprise me and go the other way. Dude, he was like, almost there. Exactly. I, so I was like, okay, he's gonna, like, there's a part where it's like, he's definitely gonna die. And then th- they gave me so much hope that yeah. I was like, I think they're gonna surprise me. I think they're gonna go the other way. I don't think they're gonna kill him. And then they 
fucking killed him. That yeah, shit was on purpose. Especially <laughs> since in those scenes, it's like Bob and the doctor. So you're knowing that one or both are going to die. But then, yeah, you're right. When they start mm-hmm. to let Bob kind of make his way out and he's heading for the door and there's, you're the, like, he's there's gonna light at the it. end of the he's tunnel. That was and so then, upsetting. Boom. Well, dude, dogs. and then Demo you dogs. Know, his his Demo dogs. <laughs> his downfall Demo was dude. that he saw Joyce and was like, "Oh, oh so symbolic I need and tragic." It. And then he gets and then, eaten. And then Joyce watches him <laughs> get <laughs> eaten by the Demo dogs, as if her shit wasn't already traumatic I, I enough. Know. That poor woman. God, that dude. poor, poor woman. Yeah, I gotta say, I was more upset for her maybe than I was for Bob himself, just because I'm like, how much trauma, trauma. can one person? Honestly, endure? I know I was upset about Bob. But no, like I, <laughs> I just I, wanted Bob to make it. Honestly, I, I agree with Nat because yeah, not only how much trauma, but like she brought him into this, so yeah. that's gonna haunt so her for the rest of her life. And trauma. her life is completely ruined. Yeah, her life is fucked. Um, if it wasn't already. It is now. Like, if they come back with season three and Joyce is fine, I'm going to be like, no. No, Joyce that's, is not that's wrong. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Joyce will never be fine. Season, <laughs> season three needs to be all about Joyce's <laughs> mental breakdown, dude. Like, she finally snaps. Yeah, for real. Um, this is all it is. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk for a minute, um, just because we're on the subject of, of character dynamics, and there's so many good character dynamics. Let's talk about Eleven and jim hopper oh that that was, that was so relationship sweet. is so good Eating and interesting little, little and, tv dinner oh my god and hopper's just trying to take care of her but even like the volatile aspects are so good well yeah They're it's like, like he has a teenage daughter yeah you know that he lost like yeah because it's crazy he symbolically lost not symbolically he literally lost his daughter when she was a child so he lost that chance to have a teenage daughter and then he's getting it back but her power <laughs> is just wild and yeah yeah those scenes were so uncomfortable but like those are the two powerhouses of the show oh yeah like she has the literal power and he kind of has this i don't know symbolic power imbued by the city and yeah that he's like helped save them in the past definitely and, you know he has this prestige and they just won't back down yeah fuck. they're both stubborn as shit yeah i think yeah those super uncomfortable scenes are so good and so necessary <laughs> like like the scene where he's just like losing his shit on her because she ran away is so good and so like it makes you like it made me so mad like I got really upset with Hopper because like just as someone who's worked with kids a lot and stuff like I got really upset with him for being so overtly angry with her Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know it's it comes from this place of protection and it's it's totally understandable and he's so mad because he cares so exactly. much exactly and he you know he he apologizes later on and and that's such a real thing like what parent hasn't screamed at their kids just because they were worried about them you know like that's that's so real yeah and i think that whole dynamic and then like when when 11 is just tired of being trapped in the cabin in that scene where the windows shatter. That was dope. Oh. And they used real glass. Yeah. I, that was the one episode of Beyond Stranger Things I watched is the one with Millie Bobby Brown and what's his name? Finn. Uh, Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. And um, 
Yeah, she was talking about how they used real glass. That was real. That wasn't special effects. They blew that shit up. That's dope. I know, right? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and um, and what's his face? Jim Hopper. Um, so David Harbor, who plays Jim Hopper, uh, didn't want a stunt double. He did that. He like like that glass blew up behind him, and like he did that that scene live, which is. Like, can you imagine being on set and be like, we're just going to blow this house up and you're going to be in it? <laughs> I just love the commitment level of all the actors. Like, they all seem to care oh so damn God. much. And that's what makes it so good. I agree. Okay, like, this isn't anything new, but can we just, like, talk about how insanely talented those child actors are? Yeah. Um. Like, I, oh, my God. They're all so good. I they're all so good. All of them, dude. They're just so good. Every and one of them is so talented. And I'm like, how did you assemble such an amazing cast of child actors? Because child actors can be really Hit or miss, you know. Yeah. They were all they're all amazing. I love Lucas. Lucas is great. Lucas is so great, played by Caleb McLawlin. I really, really loved Lucas. I thought he was amazing. I mean, all of them are great. Dustin. Dustin's my boy. Dustin. I love Who Dustin. Who doesn't love Dustin? If you don't love Dustin, get out. <laughs> um and obviously I loved the scene. I felt like a very okay. I felt multiple very real connections to Dustin. Same. Um, one of them was the scene where he's in the library and he's like, I'm on a curiosity voyage <laughs> and these are my paddles. He's so I need, cute. I need my, my paddles. paddles. <laughs> <laughs> I felt That's like the best line in the whole show. I know. And then he's running out of the door. He's like, I need my paddles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I loved that so much. I was like, yes, yes. Take your paddles, Dustin. Um, I, I could relate to that on such a real level, but even more so. And it's so complicated, but I really felt connected to Dustin's uh, continuous protection of Dart. Yeah, of the little slug guy of Dart. He, Dude, and we all knew. Yeah. That is going to be a problem. <laughs> we all knew from the very beginning. Like, that thing is growing yeah, way Dustin, too fast. You're but fucking one, up right now. One, the fact that he found this weird little guy in his trash can. And despite the fact that everything he had been through with the upside down, his instinct was like, I'm going to keep this thing. For real. Yeah. Um, and then just like throughout the entire show, he he formed a bond with it and he protected it and like and then there's a you know a point in the middle of the show where it it's clearly uh, a a daemon it's a da- <laughs> it's a daemon uh, when it you know eats his cat that's my mom's favorite line is the part where he goes I'm sorry but you ate my cat <laughs> and like and so there's definitely a part in the show where it's clear that you know Dustin you fucked up. But then, like, I love that it comes back around full circle because the fact that he forged this bond with saves his, them. it saves them. And, and he's so brave and it's such a beautiful moment. And it's something I don't know that of all the moments I think in the show of everything in season two, I connected with very deeply is this this desire to save something that maybe someone else would not give a, the time of day or, the, or or the desire to save something that, that seems harmful, I think is yeah. such a beautiful impulse. It's so sweet of him. It's the unwavering so loyalty. 
Exactly. The exactly. Like, maybe that's a Scorpio. He was so in confident me. in his bond with this thing yeah. that no one else understood, but his confidence in that bond like trumped whatever anyone else said. He like felt it so deeply, and he was in. Exactly. I think that yeah, that might be like my the Scorpio side. I totally of me. see how that like, yeah just gets yeah because we we love we are loyal as fuck. We love you. It's uh, till the end of time. Like that's just the way it is. So this sense of loyalty and just not giving up on this little guy, even though he did some fucked up right. shit. Even though it's clearly a problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is is something that I guess I just, I understand at a very soul level. So like of all the characters in the show, I felt, at least this season, I felt the most connected to Dustin. I yeah. want to talk about the characters that I didn't feel connected to. <laughs> did did you have something else to say oh. about Dustin? Oh, I was just going to say that I feel like we keep talking about his loyalty to Dart, but we should also mention that once he realizes he fucked up, he also comes back and like fully takes responsibility for betraying yeah the, what do they the call party. it the party. The party and he says to, he uh, says he understands if they want to kick him out and oh, he just no. is, he bears his little no. soul to lucas no. and is just so apologetic <laughs> don't you dare kick him out of the party and of course sweet lucas doesn't because he loves his boy he's know. a great but he's a great guy so much friendship there is it's I just love the but friendship. his loyalty just goes so deep again. to everyone just, okay like speaking of me crying i bawled bawled my eyes out alone in my little cottage mm -hmm. when fucking 11 shows back up and that moment between her and mike right it is so pure it is the purest thing dude and they were so like fucked in that moment <laughs> you know and she just shows up and just saves the day and like just that moment of them like Mike seeing her again and it's so pure. They love each other in such a precious way and I lost it. I just bawled my eyes out. I was like, oh my god. You duffer butt brothers, you did it. You did mm. it. Such a good scene. And I, I love I love that they waited so long to bring Eleven back. What was it? Like, it was 343 days uh, yeah, or something. something like <laughs> Oh my god, it's so sweet. Oh. oh man, I love it so much. There were so many moments in this season where I just cried. Yeah, I no. cried a lot. We'll, we'll talk about some more crying moments in a bit. I think that we should talk about the the controversial characters, um, the new characters, Max and Billy. Max, I like. I think she's a good addition. Yeah. I think she's fun. Um, I think she's she's a good character on her own, but doesn't like overshadow the Eleven character. Right. Um, she kind of has her own vibe. She gets kind of the short end of the stick throughout the season. Mm -hmm. No one really wants her around except Lucas and then Dustin kind of. And then there's like that well, Dustin definitely does. Right. He just doesn't want to show her. I saw the most hilarious picture and I should have sent it to you. It was um it was the poster for Mean Girls and over Lindsay Lohan's face was Max's face and then all three of the Mean Girls were all Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and it just said, You can't be in our party. <laughs> 
was That's so good. Really good. That is so going good. to be like when we do our social media blast for this episode. That is it. Yeah. That's we're taking. I that have meme. the picture in my phone. Okay, it was. Save that it was shit. so funny. That's- that's good. Um, you so, <laughs> yeah. so Mike was not having Mike was shit. like, get out. Because um, he loves Eleven. Yeah. And no one will take her Yeah, place. exactly. Oh, it's, it is. It's so pure it in is. such a young, middle school, immature, mean way. Yeah. But, he, but it's genuine. It is. It really is. He, his little heart is shattered into pieces. Mm-hmm. All those scenes of him sitting in the little fort area oh. trying to talk to her. <gasps> I'm oh, now Mike. I'm getting teary eyed. Oh my! Um, but let's talk about um, Billy because oh, that he's son of a bitch. Oh god. Okay, Billy gives me like complicated feelings because like at first I was like, damn, right? Because the actor is hot. I'm just gonna put that out there. Okay, like. The, the actor is hot, but at first I didn't feel that way at all because from scene one, I'm like, this dude is a douche. I guess, but you from know that- From moment one, I was like, I hate him. Like, literally, like a, a visceral hate. Dude, right every time he body. would come I on the scene, you. Matthew and I'd be like, ugh. I hated him from moment one. I didn't give a shit if he was hot. Like, I feel I did you. did not care. <laughs> I mean- Dancing in the mirror to himself. He's and so gross. Chasing the kids. He's so gross. Like, everything he did. I have very poor taste in men, apparently, (laughs) because I was like, he's a douche. I love him. I hated him every single (laughs) way. I wanted him to die. The only... I I wanted... (laughs) I wanted... I wanted him to die. There was a follow-up to that, but I'll go I wished a slow, painful death upon him. (laughs) Well, because I wanted him to die the whole time, and then near the end, they give us his background. Something's going on over there. It's the Mean Girls meme. Uh. (laughs) Um... No, I, like, the only scene where I even remotely was, like, felt something for him was the scene where his dad was... Yeah, that's what I was getting that, at. that humanized him. Exactly. And so my issue was I was wanting him gone the whole time. I was like, oh, this is the seasonal sacrifice that is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I... I my true thought was that you know the scene where he and Steve go head to head. Oh, I of thought, course I know this. I no, thought I forgot that that scene. <laughs> I thought that scene was gonna happen, and that Steve was going to like kill him. Like I yeah. truly, or the demodogs were. I thought he was gonna be a goner. Yeah, and then they humanized him, and I was like, nope, they are keeping him around. Mm-hmm. Like they made us right. care for him a little bit. They made him made us see. They him. made us empathize with him. A and little as bit. soon as they did that, I okay. knew he was sticking around. I just want to point out a couple of things about Billy and why I think he's important. And I'm hoping that they're gonna do something more with him in season three. They can't drop this. No, he's because still, they they put it out there. He's still alive. Like I mean, he can't yeah. just disappear. No, no, he's alive, and I know that he's not going to be dead. But the <laughs> <laughs> but um but but Natalie wants him to die. <laughs> I did. That's what I'm saying. As soon they're, as they humanized him, I was like, all right, they're going to turn me. I still wouldn't mind if he died, though. I really there are don't some like things him. about Billy that I want to put out there. Okay, a I think that Billy is gay. And is attracted ooh, to Steve. Ooh, and is I think repressed. that there was a repressed like repressed homosexuality right. towards Steve. And he's overcompensating right. with his aggression. All right. Okay. That is like, watch it again. All and right. There is no, that, I'll that take is it. There. I like it. I like it. So we're going to, you know, so there's some, there's his father is just like completely soaked in toxic masculinity. Oh, he's a he, son of a he bitch. He calls his son the F word, which I don't even like to say that word. I'm going to say it. 
you guys know what I'm talking about. Billy may be wedged firmly in the closet. There is this unaddressed, they don't address it. And it bothers me that Billy's a racist. Oh, Billy, well, they do address it. I mean, it. they address it in the sense that he's like, I don't want you hanging around they with that boy. They to it. I yeah. bet it'll be... Um, he's I want not it, hardcore racist. Yeah, it's right. going to be... But I wanted, I wanted it to be... It will in season three, like, I bet. Dark, with. More concrete. Yeah, yeah. There. Don't like, you know, I, I didn't like how it was sort of like, oh, he might be racist. No, he's racist. He's if racist. You, if you didn't know, he is a hardcore racist. If you didn't pick up on that... Yeah, take, adding adding to the take a second. He's a piece of shit <laughs> argument, right? And then also just this like I don't know if anyone else picked up on this, but there was this like really. I mean, obviously he was very like threatening to the little sister, mm-hmm. the little stepsister. But there was something like weirdly like rapey to me about it. I don't know. It just like made me really uncomfortable. I just felt really uncomfortable with like how physically aggressive he was towards his little Definitely. sister. And how he felt like this control over her. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know if I was just projecting something onto that, but I was like, Ugh, this makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I was super uncomfortable with that relationship. So um, much, dude. And, and it was clearly, it was a combination of things because obviously he was, he had all this anger um, and he blamed her for even the fact that they were living in this Yeah, town. there's a lot to come out behind in their storyline, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a an unfair assessment because I think given all the other things we know about him, he's crazy aggressive, he's overly sexual. Like, if he's angry, it makes sense that he would be sexually aggressive, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I think, that your instinct or that you're feeling that that was kind of there is accurate. Yeah. Um, I was just like, no, 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 To no, be no, fair, no, no. I, so I hate him. I still, I hate, <laughs> Corey I is hate this character. towards him. I hate this character so much. I really wanted to see Steve, like, annihilate him. I respect the actor, though. That is some good acting. That was yeah. good acting. To be that. What's that, his name again? Da- Dacker? That unlikable. Yeah. Dacre? To be that, <laughs> that unlikable and that disgusting, that's good acting. So shout out to you, man. Like, Dacker Montgomery. I hate your fucking character, but you did a good job if with I'm it. If I'm mispronouncing that name, someone please. He was also a, he was a, a Power Ranger. Dacre oh, Montgomery? Yeah. In the reboot. Is it Dacker? I don't know. Dacre? <laughs> I don't know. He's but Sagittarius. Oh, oh, well, there uh, we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> There it is. That explains it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But fuck, your character is just the worst. Um, He's the worst. Literally the worst. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see a character arc like we saw with Steve and he becomes redeemable. I don't know. I don't know if they should do that, though. I don't know if that's a good move. So I think we've kind of made our way through most of the characters anyways. Um, Let's talk quickly just about the visuals in the show and the fact that it is really just a piece of art in the sense that it fully appropriates and represents the zeitgeist of the 80s like the duffer brothers are meticulous and intentional and though every scene is like you're able to trace it back to an 80s movie. 100%. And I've heard this argument, and a lot of people have offered this up as a harsh criticism 
of especially season two is that it's just a bunch of like recreating uh scenes and sort of like sets and things from old 80s movies um like horror flicks etc i think that's okay I agree. Honestly, if that's I totally agree. Like, yeah, I don't think Because who else no that. one's done that really. Yeah, it's it, because it's not like they're just piecing together old 80s movies in this like kind of haphazard way. Right. Like like one the plot line's entirely unique. Entirely unique. But yet it's so tied in to the 80s like just just things like the the upside down and the demogorgon how they're related to things in dungeons and dragons yeah dungeons and dragons like the whole plot line is deeply related to things that were very important in 80s culture um 80s american culture anyways and they but at the same time the plot is entirely unique like it's you did not see this plot in any 80s movie it didn't play out like this it didn't happen like this so they have their own story that they created that in itself is a creative endeavor like they made something all its own but then they take images from all these 80s movies to literally recreate the feeling of being in the 80s in a way that people that were alive in the 80s people that maybe grew up watching 80s movies like us you know like you know, I was born in 88, so I, I just caught the tail end there. But, like, grew up with a lot of these movies. It's visually the fact that they were able to frame by frame match images from all these movies. They created a world that made you feel like you were in the 80s again. Like, and if you can't recognize that, like, or appreciate that just at on its own like you're missing the point yeah and that's not easy to do yeah like down to i mean the very first thing that i noticed before even seeing any of these youtube videos that go in and show you the exact scene side by side and we'll post it on our um website there's a there's a really great really good one that we just watched yeah it's a video on vimeo and we'll post on the website but some whoever put it together did an amazing job super good side by side they found they found scenes in the first season of stranger things and found scenes in 80s movies 80s and 70s movies that parallel the very first thing that i noticed when watching um the first season of stranger things is even just like the filters on the cameras like the lighting is from 1980s mm-hmm. film the duffer brothers yeah like what Corey said like extremely meticulous and extremely intentional in every aspect of capturing this 80s feel to the show and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that they were being unoriginal. I think that it's actually very original that yeah. they crafted yeah. an entire series out of trying to emulate the feel of these 80s films. The only other thing that I think has done this, and I'm I'm giving a shout out to this because I think it's super underrated, and it bums me out that it's so super underrated, is another Netflix show, The Get Down. 
Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh my I heard that's really God, good. It's so very good. good. Dude, my coworker it's told very, me that was really good, and I good. haven't watched it. It's so good. It. So it's the, like seventies, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Get Down is based in the seventies. It's directed by Boz Lerman, who I adore. Yo, I love his style so much. But it does a very similar thing, but in a in a this like a very Boz Lerman style of recreating. 70s imagery and it does it differently than the Duffer Brothers do it Word. but for some reason the get down is just super underrated um, yeah I haven't even seen it but I have heard that it was very it's good it's so good I and gotta if you watch haven't it. watched it you watch it. need to I don't have anything to watch right now yeah it's, so. yeah, it's, it's a fantastic show and it bums me out because I don't think it's coming back for a third season because oh. it didn't that bums me out. Yeah, because it hasn't got the numbers that like Stranger Things does. Damn, y'all, go watch it. Go watch that shit. It's weird because the music's so good oh, in the Get Down, but I think so the fact that it's a musical series is probably what turns a lot of people Do they away. Sing? The stigma. Oh the, yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a musical. It's a musical. Okay, but yeah. it's good. I mean, it's seventies music. It's a good musical. <laughs> okay. Like yeah, it's 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 seventies inspired music. Yeah, mm-hmm. seventies. Mm-hmm. So disco and rap and like it's it's basically I love evolution disco. of rap. Like the first days of rap it's tracing the evolution of these these very important musical genres yeah cool um it's such a good show so obviously if you're listening to this you already watch stranger things so go watch the get down next (laughs) but yeah i yeah i can't think of another example of an 80s inspired show or movie that has done anything even remotely to this or a show that's caliber committed so strongly to embodying like the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. of a decade or like a time period i mean that it's the specific yeah they did their research so deeply and i think that's what you why you can't fault them even if they are borrowing and especially for us art historians who preach the fact that borrowing inspiration from predecessors in art is not frowned upon in art history or in the arts. Like you borrow until you find your own style and whatnot. And I think the Duffer brothers are perfectly, they're not borrowing until they find their style. They're borrowing visual references and they're making it their own style of TV show. And I hope more people do this because it turned out really, really well. I mean, down to like the Eggo boxes yeah. and the Three Musketeers rappers. Like they get everything perfect and they leave no detail. I remember only, those the, rappers. The yeah. only thing. OK, so I'm going to throw this out there. I did notice one detail and I could be wrong. So I'm just I'm putting this all out there for you. There is one moment. It's when Will is at the doctor and the doctor asks him what his favorite candy is. And Will says Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces weren't out in the 80s. Does he say Reese's Pieces? He says Reese's Pieces. I I remember when Reese's Pieces came out. That was in the 90s. Right? we We were like eight. So they missed that one. I caught it. <laughs> Ooh. But I maybe they meant you to. <laughs> I don't know. But no, I agree. That's though. it. They're I, canceled. I noticed the three musketeers rapper too, though. I was like, oh, fuck. That's good. That's a good detail. Mm. So, yeah, they for the most part. My guys, 1977. Shut up. Maybe they like revamped them when we were kids or something. Maybe. Yeah, they must have re. Because I don't remember marketed. Reese's Pieces being around when I was. They're little. in E.T. Are they really? Yeah. What? Yeah. They, Mind blown, man. Yeah. Mind blown. Mars, when Mars did Candy Reese's Company paid them to have it in 
in E.T. When are when did Reese's come out though? Just regular Reese's. Please hold. <laughs> well, I do some investigative research. Because <laughs> Reese's that's crazy to me. That this Reese's is tripping me out. Me too. Because I, I f- yeah maybe it was like a revamp or something. Because I distinctly remember there being like a big thing. Oh, with Reese's get Reese's. ready for this. Nineteen twenty eight. What? <laughs> You guys thought you knew about Reese's. <laughs> Apparently not. Guess Damn. Not. Yo, I want to right. know what those 1928 Dude, I'm Reese's telling you, they like. did their homework. They're probably homework. good. Like super like real ass <laughs> peanut butter with the chunks. Little chunky they peanuts. They did their homework. <laughs> yeah, not even just like referencing the 80s. but So the Duffer Brothers were born in 1984. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were children in the 80s and early 90s. And so they, you know maybe a little younger but they have distinct memories of of growing up during this time i was born in 93 and my childhood memories are all rooted in the 90s like yeah i i feel that yeah and my i mean mine are mostly in the 90s but like i i have plenty of childhood memories in the early 90s which are similar to the 80s and like <coughs> they talked the duffer brothers in beyond stranger things talked about how you know in the show like the, the boys are always just like running around on their bikes and their parents don't know where they are and how that was the norm. And I remember that shit. So like, that's so real. When I was growing up, my mom did not know where I was. My parents like, had no idea. Yeah, I was like, mom, I'm going to go. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I used to ride my little pink magna or something yeah the, the yeah. ones that you buy from like walmart like the shit bike yeah. um that it doesn't even have actual brakes you have to like pedal backwards yeah. and yeah. you just like <laughs> yeah. yeah i totally had with one the of those. white with the white tires and yes. the yeah a little sparkly pink bike i used to just ride around um uh, my parents had a house that was like among a bunch of developments mm-hmm. so just a bunch of like half-built houses that they were taking forever on and i used to just go just ride my bike on like yeah. you know loose wood <laughs> with like nails and bricks and stuff it was no, very dangerous too. i would literally like <laughs> especially in the summer when i didn't have school yeah. i would like get up in the morning like my mom worked a lot so a lot of times she wasn't even home Dude, but same. like i was by myself yeah i was by constantly. myself but it was like the norm that i would be like i'm gonna just go like we lived in an apartment complex so i had other apartment rat friends you know (laughs) like and we would just run around and we'd go we'd find little patches of like wooded area they were actual rats yeah for real (laughs) Uh, but no it was like i didn't have a cell phone or any way to track me my mom didn't know where the fuck i was you know like i didn't get a cell phone until i was 17 years old dude 17 was the age damn um crazy crazy but um but just like that it's funny because like to people who grew up in the 80s and the 90s that was the norm but now we're at a point where you know teenagers that grew up in the 2000s like that was not the norm like if you were born in 2000 your parents not knowing where you are is just not the norm yeah that's insane (laughs) like like, that's crazy so it just it really represents a cultural shift Mm -hmm. in a very real way um and the and just once again going back to the amazing acting abilities of these children the fact that they can they can do that that, like this isn't a reality they've ever experienced yeah exactly they can make it happen yeah and it's not they do such a good job of really capturing what it was like even though that's not something that they're familiar with right dude can we talk about how these are 
children and how there's like this creepy ass shit going on right now oh, yeah. all over social media where people are like super sexualizing these little kids bullshit it makes what? me feel so uncomfortable oh, yeah, you haven't heard about this so real so millie bobby brown that's her name, right? Yeah. I I always I don't know how what the yeah, order Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. But not just her, it's all of them. Oh, I know, but what didn't they uh name her like the sexiest like actress of 2017? Who? Um just the media, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, I don't I mean, I didn't hear that there was any official like but just in general there's been a lot of sexualizing of of these kids and and all over, like, they show up at these different appearances and they're dressed like little adults. Like, yeah. they're dressed in suits and low-cut dresses and things. And, you know, and they're all beautiful kids. Like, they're going to grow up to be beautiful humans, but, like, they're children. And, yeah, it's become pretty pervasive, just this, like, quote-unquote playful, because I don't think this is playful, but, like, playful sexualization of, like, 13-year-old children. Nah, it's gross, dude. And it's so, so gross. Uh, it was a W magazine named Millie Bobby Brown as one of the sexiest actresses of 2017. And so... That is so fucked up. It's gross, dude. And so that's happening at the same time that... A 27-year-old model, Allie Michael, posted a picture of Finn Wolfhard with the caption, not to be weird, but hit me up in four years. Dude, that's weird. Like, you don't get to say not to be weird, but here's, like, my pedophilia. You know? But hit me up in four years when you're, what, 18 and still a child? Like, Yeah. Can you... And she's 27, Yeah. Dude. Like, that's... I... Bleh. Like, Bleh. can she's you... She's looking for attention. I okay, but still, no. I that's yeah, that's annoying. But I'm more disturbed by the publication calling a child sexy. sexy it's bullshit. Publicly. Children are not sexy, and calling a child and the fact that no one sexy. in that company stopped and was like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't do this because this is entirely inappropriate." Yeah. Like you'd think someone would kibosh that you know what i mean yeah i would understand if they said like times most influential young adults or something or like times most influential whatever and they became something like that yeah but to call that to make them sexualize objects exactly and the thing is this is something that's always been done i mean think about it that's why child actors always like get this stereotype of becoming fucked up is because kids are sexualized and have been in Hollywood forever Mm -hmm. it's just kind of the culture not that it's okay I think we should stop it but the fact that people are comfortable publishing things so overtly about it now like hopefully now people start speaking out about how wrong it is before because before it was like that seedy underbelly where it happened exactly but people at least knew enough to be ashamed to say it like publicly or like like the olsen twins were never called sexy at the age of 12 or not publicly i mean yeah i'm sure they were called sexy but they weren't called sexy on like a publication exactly so the fact that people are comfortable doing that now means we're moving i mean maybe it just means we're moving in the right direction because it's going to become public and then people are going to hopefully push back hopefully that's the natural order is where people are like this is not okay yeah majority of 
people are super because that's come on guys like we gotta draw the line somewhere people are super frustrated by it and rightfully so because it's gross it's gross i don't mm, yeah like i was watching them because i yeah i saw that and then i was watching them on jimmy fallon the other night and they you know they are they're super cute kids and so sweet but they're kids like just the way they talk and they're so just like all over the place and like it's it's so clear how they are like they are children and they still act like children and they should act like children that's what they are you know like i don't like that i like, don't why like that either the show does her look like an adult woman like she's 13 you know what i looked like when i was 13 oh my god a I was nightmare a mess. I, I was, was a, mess. a i was a metal mouth okay yeah. like just my lip was snagging on the braces all the time. I didn't know what the hell to do with my hair. Like, I was a disaster. Oh, so was I. And every 13-year-old should be a disaster. Like, that, you need to go through that. And the only person a 13-year-old should be attractive to is another 13-year-old. Right. And even like, then, it's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's happening. We don't know yet, but I think I'm attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and we should clarify, too, that the show does a really good job of not sexualizing yeah. any of the kids. Yeah. All the way up to, like, Nancy. They don't even... I mean, even like in the scene where she loses her loses her virginity. I mean, she still kind of has a very like girlish thing about her, mm-hmm. and like it's it's kind of innocent. And like the sex scene with Jonathan, they don't show like a yeah. sex scene. They, they don't, don't try and sexualize her. them, and you know they don't really like bog her down with a ton of makeup or like they. I think the Duffer brothers and whoever is in charge of dressing them and doing the makeup for these kids like. They, they do look, a really good job yeah, of making them. They're doing a good a, job. Like, on the not, show, they yeah. appear like kids, and it's unfortunate that outside of the show, that can't carry over because yeah, because they they're look kids. they look like the ages they're supposed to be. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't even think the high schoolers are sexualized nope. at all. I mean, Billy was a bit much. Billy was a bit much. His but, pants were too tight. Yeah, but that's not good for you. But that was also part of his whole thing was being this overly. Testosterone, testosterone. I'm just really looking forward to season three when Billy comes out of the closet (laughs) and is just happy. You know, I just want him to. I just want him to be happy, dude. I mean, I don't at this point, but (laughs) but if I mean, if that is the arc it takes, I'm open to it. Um, (laughs) Corey's like, whatever, (laughs) whatever. I hate him. I hate him so much. Um, So Stranger Things is great. We loved it. General takeaway: Don't you dare sexualize those children. Do not. Yeah. Just do not stop. It's so it. gross. It is. It really is. That's canceled. That's canceled. Like, I want to go back done. to thirty minutes ago when I didn't know that that was happening. <laughs> oh, I know. That's so. Cr- well, that's crazy that you didn't know that was happening. Uh, yeah. I guess I just spend like way too much time on the internet because I, I was like, you. what? I was very, I was very yeah. invested. In I was it too. appalled. But I'm. I mean, I'm appalled. But I'm also happy because there's been a huge backlash against it Dude, uh, like so many people have been like don't you dare you know <laughs> so that's good that's positive hollywood um, and the media everything's just crazy right now it's like and now we get to sit back and watch how these amazing talented children develop and i wish them the best i hope they all yeah. remain healthy and that they develop in a positive way yeah dude you know what as creepy as all of that is I have to agree that it's really good that it's all out in the open right now about how disgusting it is to sexualize these children. I don't think that this conversation would be happening 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, people wouldn't talk about it. They would not. And I think that hopefully the 
result of all of these sexual abuse allegations coming to light means that young actors like these children are going to be in a safer Hollywood. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Definitely. I really hope Let's that. Let's keep putting that out there. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a very good thing to end on. A, a heavy but good thing to end on. Yeah. So yeah, Stranger Things, what a fun time. We love it. We Yeah, I can't wait for season three. Yeah, it's great. Just take some time to look at the stills and like the the beautiful shots that were taken and how much they are influenced by these 80s movies because it's super impressive yeah and go back and watch et and poltergeist yeah all those guys um the duffer brothers have done something very cool um so yeah this is fun this is fun time you guys yeah let us know what you think about our hot takes episodes um we'd like to do more this was fun this was super fun (laughs) yeah like i could just talk yeah i know right all kinds of this was so much easier because we didn't have to like do a bunch of (laughs) research we're just like yo we watched this thing we watched all the shows (laughs) we just watch stuff and then we talk about it we like stuff yeah we like stuff Art history babes, are we going to do like a spinoff, just like TV podcast? That would be dope. I mean, we could. We could. (laughs) Let us know what you think, friends, and keep an eye out for more Hot Takes episodes. And let us know what you think about Billy and about (laughs) all of these kids and everything that's happening in Hollywood Jen Let us really know. wants to know. What I you just want to know Billy. what you guys have to think <laughs> about that. Yeah, I know. I'm like the unpopular one because I was like, ooh. No, I like. He's I dangerous. like your subversive take on it. It's, I mean, they're characters. No, I liked. So I liked some of your ideas. They're You're... supposed to be dynamic. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, friends. I really love all of you. Bye. <laughs> From Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the artistry babe. Have a good time. Hello, dear listeners. This is Ginny, and I'm here with our friend Zach Clark. Hello. You've heard him before on a few of our episodes, and today he's here to talk about a project he's working on called Great Hope, which you can become a part of and become involved in, which he's going to explain right now. So Great Hope is a show that I am working on that will be at the UMass Amherst Union Gallery in February of 2018. Um, It's going to be a collection of work that I'm making about where myself and others um, find hope and victories they are currently celebrating. But the show um, is also going to exist as a open call print exchange and is open to anyone who makes an edition of 12 works. So if you're a printmaker, um, I'd love to hear from you to be part of the show. All the work will then be distributed out to everyone as a uh, print exchange. If you are not a printmaker and just want to share your stories about where you are currently finding hope, um, I would love to hear them. Um, For both participating in the print exchange and just letting me hear your stories, you can go to nationalmonumentpress.com. Some more information will be there. Um, You can find me on Instagram, at Zach Clark is, or you can text 510-969-9443. Thanks, and I hope to uh, have you as part of the show. Right on. Great hope. Check it out.